0: Hey honey child, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other host, Angel. And this is our twice monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. The one day we might just pretend. Really? See if you all can tell the difference. (laughs) That would be a fun day. (laughs) I love that. Today It might be today. Maybe it's today we're pretending like we know what's going on.
1: Like we have the answers to everything. (laughs)
0: Uh, Should we introduce ourselves real fast? Yes, please. Introduce yourself first. Well, I'm Brandon Alter. I am a tarot reader. I am a healer. Uh, I'm also a writer and an actor and a teacher.
1: Mm -hmm. So many things. So many hats. And uh, what about Brandana Summer? What about Brandana Summer? You didn't mention her.
0: I mean, she falls under the category of actor.
1: Oh, okay. That's true. Yeah.
0: She's on vacation.
1: Oh, shit, y'all.
0: She's like living it up in the south of France. I wish I were her right now. Uh, And if this is uh, your first time listening, Brandana Summer is? Uh, She is the empress of self-empowerment. She's an alter ego that has adopted me and sometimes likes to be out in the world through me.
1: And a gorgeous follow on Insta.
0: She's gorgeous, everybody, and she's just getting younger and more gorgeous by the day.
1: (laughs) And you, honey? I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a film producer and executive, and an astrologer. And you're queer as fuck. And I'm queer as fuck, everyone. Nobody's
0: queer than you. Well. Maybe Noche, who's right now trying to dig a hole in a cushion.
1: No, that's not queer. That's just foolish. (laughs) He don't know better. I don't know. He seems pretty comfortable now. Actually, yeah. Now he made it perfect for himself. He did. Noche is our little
0: pup. Yes, he is the glue that holds this family together. And he's been through quite a little journey these past few weeks. Mm -hmm. Recovering really well from surgery. The cone is off. The stitches are out. And uh, starting in two weeks, we will begin some radiation treatments.
1: Yeah, we will.
0: So that the tumor never comes back.
1: Hey. Hey. Uh, but yeah, we are choosing to do that just cause it seems like the best process for him given everything that we've looked into.
0: Yeah, actually I'll share this. I was unclear whether or not we should proceed with radiation because when his tumor was first diagnosed, it was a grade one, which is a very low percentage of recurrence, but still a possible percentage. And so I was struggling with whether or not it was worth it to put him through all of that. If you know, it was an under 10% chance that it would come back. And of course I pulled cards and did some other divination methods to get clear, but Eventually what happened is I just kind of broke down and I said, angels, I need a really clear sign, like show me what to do here. And the next day we got a call from the surgeon and she had gotten the full biopsy back of the tumor when it was removed during surgery. And she said, you know, this happens a lot, but when we get the full biopsy back, it uh, elevated from a grade one to a grade two, Mm -hmm. which means that now it's closer to like a 40, 50% chance of recurrence. And so I thought, okay, thank you, angels. Like you made it very clear because grade one You're like, well, you could get the radiation, but you also could kind of watch and see. In any event, long story short, when you ask for signs, you get them. And they're not always the signs that you want. And like, I was not thrilled to hear that it was a grade two instead of a grade one, but it certainly made the decision for me. Yeah. And so... I just share that because, as my mom always says, it's okay to be needy with your angels. You're allowed to ask for a lot. You're allowed to say, I need signs, and I need them to be clear.
1: All right. well, we need to get through this because I have a letter to write.
0: You have a letter to write? Yeah, to my angels. (laughs)
1: Lots of things to discuss. Yeah, girl. Write that letter to your (laughs) angels.
0: It's like Santa. But I think asking for what you need is maybe one of the biggest spiritual lessons Mm, mm -hmm. that it's not just going to show up at your doorstep if you don't set the intention ask for and open yourself up to receive it
1: well yeah and actually be allowed to receive the message that actually wants to come through
0: totally not like what you're hoping
1: yeah because you can open yourself to receive it receive it and be like "Mm, i'll wait till tomorrow yeah
0: maybe it'll come in differently i'll
1: pull one more card i'll
0: pull one more card yeah totally (laughs) and
1: then you got the whole deck in front of you
0: yeah Um, should we do a quick little check-in? Do you have anything you want to check in around? I'm doing pretty well. Good. I, uh,
1: had a really amazing acupuncture treatment yesterday Mm. that felt incredibly, like, shifting in its impact. It was one of those things where I went into it, you know, into the treatment, sort of feeling a little discombobulated and couldn't really express what i was feeling um my acupuncturist who i adore was sort of like well the pulse never lies so let's just take it and it was interesting because the one thing i was able to sort of articulate was that i was feeling kind of angry i was like i just feel kind of angry at things so he took the pulse and he was like this is not an angry pulse this is a pulse of anxiety Hmm. and he was like and really it's you know sort of like a heart-centered pulse uh So the diagnosis was that I had sort of masked and covered my heart with anxiety to the point where it was just kind of like lashing out in its expression. So there's a sadness, there's an anger, but it wasn't that I was necessarily just one of those things. It was really anxiety sort of stepping out. And obviously, I've spoken before on here about my sort of ups and downs with anxiety throughout my life, and certainly in a really good place with it now, for the most part. Uh, But it was interesting to sort of understand that, oh, okay, this is just like, you know, me not necessarily just feeling angry at the world or angry at like, you know, certain things going on in my life, but really sort of just my anxiety around the desire to control all the things that I don't feel like I can. So it kind of pushed me to sort of step back and sort of remember that I have to relinquish control. And, you know, a lot of what I've been thinking about for myself lately is just remember to get into the flow of spirit, you know, like I'll still get caught up in the day-to-day business to the point where I'm so immersed in it that it's hard for me to stand back and really see okay well what is spirit just trying to communicate to me so it was a really strong reminder to do that and then it was interesting because during the course of the treatment I was really sort of just monitoring to myself you know release like just release And I had this crazy like shock of like energy up through my body that sort of landed into like one point that I had in my shoulder blade and it started throbbing. So afterwards I asked and he said, oh, well, that point is essentially connected to the gateway to your heart. So in a way, whatever he's like, whatever was going on, it was almost like energy was banging on the door that was sort of guarding your heart being like, let me in. Hmm. And I Felt Like that was so like, you know, such a metaphor for everything that I was sort of feeling and going through that there was some sort of like push through. And I, my response to him was like, well, they opened the door. <laughs> like my, I think my heart opened the door. So uh, all that to say, I'm feeling a much, my, you know, much more in my emotional self, which I don't know if I realized that I hadn't been in in a while So, but then I think back actually to, you know, earlier in the week where you said something to me, we were sort of playing around and, and you said, you know, wow, look, you're actually seem so happy right now. It's nice to see you like so joyful. And I think that that was in a way like my heart saying like, you know, Hey, see, this is where you want to be. So stop building the walls up and, and retreating behind them.
0: Hmm. And so you create the anxiety because you feel as though you can't control the externals, but you can control the anxiety. Yeah, because the anxiety is like a safe space. Yeah. It's what I've known. You're comfortable in the discomfort of it.
1: Yeah. And honestly, doing so much more deep diving into Chiron, which we'll be talking about today. Stay tuned. Was really such a doorway into my anxiety. Yeah. So I've been really grateful for that.
0: Angel has been steeping himself in Chiron tea, y'all, just to prepare for this podcast. So we're very excited to move into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but
1: uh, So that was my long monologue, but how are That's you? beautiful.
0: I'm good. Yeah? I simultaneously love and loathe Pisces season. It's very easy to fall into the low vibe of Pisces season, and it takes some work to climb to the high vibe of it. And I've definitely been moving through some things. And I've also been giving myself a really hard time for some reason. And every time I check in with Spirit, they're like, you're doing great. Like, this is the path. And I guess it's just because I'm being shepherded somewhere I've never been before. And because I've never been there before, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it feels like. And so it's hard for me to relinquish my control. Mm -hmm. It's a new path. It's a new way of being and doing. And so I'm just trying to surrender to the journey and not give myself a hard time for whatever the process is supposed to be around it. Um, And I just wanted to say to everybody listening, your heart is always there for you, but sometimes It takes time. And if you haven't been in your heart for a week or a year or a decade, then it's like a friend that you haven't talked to on the phone for a long time. Right. And it's a little bumpy at first, but that doesn't mean that you won't get back in there. You just have to be consistent and committed to it.
1: And how do you think people can best recognize whether they're sort of in their heart or not?
0: Well, I would first is kind of pay attention to where you are in your body. You know, like if your consciousness is above your neck, then you're probably not in the heart. You know, mm. if you're feeling disembodied, you're probably not there. Um, but also you might just think about like, how accessible are you? Like how easily reached are you emotionally? You know, do movies or TV shows or your friends conversations about their life impact you or are you walled in a bit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I think one of the best things you can do to start to get back into your heart is actually just to like tap the heart center um, mm. is just to spend I won't do it because it'll make a terrible sound on the microphone. (laughs) But the idea is that you would take a finger or a couple of fingers and you just kind of like tap around the breastbone and just start gently, just kind of start to wake up that energy center. And then you could place your hands on top of that energy center and close your eyes. And don't even think of it as meditation. Think of it as I'm going to sit in my heart. Just go and sit inside your heart, you know? Um,
1: Well, I think if everyone... If anyone feels called to that, feel free to pause for a moment and and give that a shot.
0: Yeah, if you're sitting somewhere where you can just turn off the two of us talking, why don't you tap your heart a little bit and put your hands on your heart, see what's there. Just make sure you come back. And then come back.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I feel like some of this is tied to... Us being in Pisces season, and we had talked about doing a little bit of a cosmic update, so why don't we just get up on in it?
0: Okay, everybody, here comes your cosmic Cosmic update. update. So what's the cosmic update, Boo? (laughs) Well, as I was just saying, we are
1: in the midst of Pisces season, uh, which in a way is sort of like, you know, there's a retreat element there in it. Uh, you know, so it makes no you know, makes perfect sense that it sort of happens in the midst of winter.
0: Or at the very end at of it. At the very
1: end of it. Yeah. It's like, give it all you got, girl. <laughs> you know, to really sort of like get in touch with that inner self and uncover what needs to be uncovered so that you can emerge again more whole. Uh so I do feel like if there was a time to sort of, you know tap into your heart now is that time. And one of our faves and orderly, uh, you know, was sort of, I think prescribing, put on some like old music from your childhood and sort of use that as a way into connecting yourself to some emotions. Uh, we are about to have a Mercury retrograde moment.
0: Or it might even be happening now if yeah you're if you're listening, listening to, this to this
1: yeah because it happens the fifth this will probably come out like the sixth seventh uh so we will be in the beginnings of mercury retrograde when you hear this uh and we mentioned it uh, in our previous episode but yeah it's retrograding through pisces mm-hmm.
0: from 29 all the way back to i think 16
1: yeah so you know we always say it's renewal, reassessment, reevaluate time. So yeah,
0: or rewrite. Rewrite. It's a great time to like go back to some old projects and see if they're viable. See them mm. from your new perspective, mm-hmm. and also to like do that with some of your relationships. Do you renew? Do you restore the relationship, or do you release it?
1: Yeah, it's helpful to find out. You know what house you have Pisces and sort of see, you know, where it might want to emphasize uh, for you. And if it's making the other aspects to other planets and such, um, it is just a good time, yeah, to take a look back. And if you think about Piscean elements too, I mean, you know, sort of on the surface, you know, Pisces can sort of create confusion for people. So I would hope the retrograde will help us sort of see some things a little more clearly because it is a slowdown. So maybe see through some of the confusion that might be there. But ultimately, it's a time to just sort of connect your mentality to spirit, you know? And so some of what I was talking about for myself of, like, just releasing and sort of giving over to the flow, you know, that's been so much of my, like, morning meditation is like, all right, now just show me where you want me to go, Mm. you know? And so... I'm sort of doubling down on that, I think, through this retrograde. That's great. I mean, Mars is in Taurus,
0: sludging along,
1: so you know, that means like I want to be busy, I want to get stuff done. But if you're coming from a place of like confusion to do it, or a place of just like disconnection, um then the steps that you're taking are potentially just like leading you off a cliff. Yeah. You know? And then we also just had Venus shift into Aquarius.
0: hmm She'll be there for a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. So how do you feel about that, given you're our resident Aquarius? Oh,
0: well, you know, so Venus is how you relate to other people. She's the goddess of love. And so with Venus in Aquarius, you're looking at your relationships around group energy because Aquarius is the collective. And I think you're also seeing with Venus in Aquarius how your relationships and how you partner are part and parcel of your unique contribution to the world. And I think it's very easy for people to think like, okay, well, my soul's purpose has to be tied up in this job. And the fact is, is your soul's purpose is something you're always living. And more often than not, we're living them through our relationships.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking, yeah, a lot of like Venus Aquarius is sort of like, well, what is my place in the world? And look around you. Yeah. You know, who's who's there? I guess, you know, you sort of always hear that like, you know, you are the f- the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. That whole old adage. But, you know, I think there's something too. you know, that when Venus is an Aquarius, you know, like are these, you know, are the people you're keeping company with in alignment with how you want to sort of like reach the world.
0: Mm. And also like noticing what people are coming to you for. Like, mm. do people come to you for advice? Do they come to you for the party? Do they come to you for, Who knows what? Yeah, drugs, a shoulder to cry on, a slap across the face of cold, hard reality. You know, like, what do people come to you for? Right. And once you can distill that for yourself, once you can, which is very Aquarius, be 20,000 feet above sea, looking at the patterns, you can go, okay, well, do I like being the person that people come to for the party? And if you do, great. Keep going. Yeah. But if you're like, maybe I want people to come to me for compassion. Maybe I want people to come to me for wisdom and less party, you know, then start to shift into that.
1: Yeah. And also like, maybe I want people to come to me because of my authenticity. Mm. So it's also an opportunity, you know, this month to make sure that you're the people you're with are getting the authentic you, you know, that you are placing yourself in relationships that you know support your authenticity
0: and lean into your vulnerability lean in honey and speaking of vulnerability i think that's a great place to transition into our deep dive so we're talking about Chiron oh my god here we are chiron is a comet um some call it a dwarf planet, but it is... Some call it an asteroid. Some call it an asteroid. Some call it a damn seamstress. No one calls Chiron a seamstress, honey. Sorry, I can't stop that every time. <laughs> Do you know that we have a gazer that changed their Instagram name to Dreamstress, yes. by the way? Yes,
1: hey, Dreamstress. Yes. Calling you out.
0: So thank you, Taylor. We appreciate you.
1: Yeah, get it out there.
0: Yes. <laughs> so Chiron is an unusual planet, comet, asteroid, whatever, seamstress, dreamstress, dreamstress. because what she does is she orbits both Uranus and Saturn, and sometimes she's moving towards Uranus, and sometimes she's moving towards Saturn. It's a very interesting orbit, and it's quite unusual. It was discovered in the 70s. Right. Yeah, 77. 77. The year of my birth. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And Chiron, uh, the name itself uh, comes from Greek mythology. And Chiron was a centaur. He was half human, half horse. And he embodies the archetype of the wounded healer. And so when we speak to Chiron in a person's chart, we're really talking about their vulnerability. We're talking about the place where they are most deeply wounded, but also through the wound, the place where they can pick up the most of their personal power. So I thought I might just talk a little bit about the mythology of it all just really briefly. Yeah, yeah. So Chiron was the mentor of uh, Asclepius, and Asclepius is the Greek god of medicine, And Mm -hmm. so uh, Chiron mentored him in terms of all of these different healing forms because. Chiron became an expert on healing through his own wounding. He was with Hercules on one of those great adventures that happen when you're with Hercules. And he... <laughs> oh, those were the days. Oh, weren't those so great? Oh, when Hercules oh. and I would just roam around. And, those thighs. Oh, those hands. <laughs> um, so Chiron, long story short, he got hit by an arrow that was dipped in the Hydra's blood. And the Hydra's blood was just like the worst possible thing you could get into your system. Right. And so what it, it was an was, accident
1: it was an accident yeah
0: and what happened was it created a wound that would never heal and so chiron he was immortal he was immortal right so the
1: the poisoned blood didn't kill him no it It just just created this wound that would never heal it would
0: just it was a wound it was an open wound that would never heal and so he became an expert because he was researching how to facilitate his own healing And so when we think about the archetype of the wounded healer, a healer isn't somebody that's special, that's put on a pedestal that's any different from you or me. A healer is somebody that has successfully traveled through their own wound and healed it. And through what they have learned from their own personal process of healing, they bring back and they offer to others as part of their unique medicine. So when we look at Chiron, we're looking at where is your greatest wounding in your life? But also, why was that wounding specifically chosen for you to usher you into this? Power that you would not have available otherwise, mm, mm-hmm. and we get that from Chiron. Yeah, and what I thought was really interesting
1: too, just about like the medicine was that he was sort of like, you know, in a way like the first like homeopathic doctor, you know, like yeah, finding like things in nature the to herbs utilize or the yeah, and what I thought was interesting was you know that you know the discovery of Chiron um in 77 did sort of coincide with you know sort of natural medicine like the boom of that into society yeah um and just how much that has become just how much that has become you know even more and more i was talking obviously about you know going to acupuncture um but just you know that That really sort of goes hand in hand with it, the sort of elevation of that in society and more of those sort of natural based healers. Yeah. Um, And Chiron was also considered like one of the first astrologers, if not the first. So I also thought that was interesting too. I mean, obviously, astrology has been around for quite some time but i do feel like it was in like the 70s that it really started to sort of move more into mainstream society and you know the, the 80s was when you just started to like see a horoscope in every newspaper
0: and the reason we're talking about this in the first place y'all is because chiron just had a really significant shift from pisces into aries which hasn't happened in 50 years and he's going to spend i believe it's seven years in aries
1: Yeah, it's a little bit over seven years. Uh, Yeah, close to eight.
0: When I was meditating on Chiron in Pisces and then Chiron in Aries, something else that struck me was that for the last seven or eight years, we've been feeling how wounded we are in society and culture, but we're not quite sure where it's all coming from. Mm-hmm. Again, very fogged in. Like, where where are the swords coming from? And then moving into Aries, it's like the lights are turned on and we can see who's been stabbing us. Right. And I think we're very clear now that, like, the institutions, the structures that were created to help us have actually been hurting us. Mm-hmm. Institutionalized mm-hmm. racism, homophobia, sexism, these sorts of things that we're now having the courage to give voice to and say this isn't right and this has got to change and that feels very chiron in aries it's like now we're clear we're seeing where it's coming from where we're getting hurt and how we can fix it when it was in pisces we we're like god i f- i'm hurting all the time but i don't know where it's coming from
1: no completely and so i think if we can all sort of yeah like take that down back to like the personal level, you know, like interesting to look back, you know, over these last eight years since 2011 and really, you know, sort of take in what you were just saying, but how do you apply that to your life? Yeah. I think it's like
0: time to wake up to what your issues are. Like girl, stop dancing around them. You know what it is. If you listen to our incredible spirit talk with Tracy McMillan, she was talking a little bit about repetition compulsion, Oh, yeah, which is basically that if left unchecked, you will repeat exactly what was done to you as a child, essentially, or you'll do the complete opposite as a response to it. And so it's just this repeating pattern of behavior. So, you know, if you have daddy issues, you're going to have daddy issues with your boyfriend and with your boss. It's just going to keep repeating. And so Chiron is really speaking to, like, what are these deep-seated traumas, these issues that you need to wake up to and clear so that you are not a prisoner of them? And then you can help other people heal from them.
1: Yeah, because, you know, as you said, you know, Chiron is that wounded healer. But, you know, another aspect of it is rejection. You know, we talk about if you look at the mythology of it, Chiron was immediately rejected by his parents
0: he, when he was, was born. Well, because he was a product <laughs> of rape.
1: Yeah, he was a product of rape from Father Time, Kronos, Saturn. And, uh, you know, they he rejected him and his mother, like, completely rejected him because as well. he was half horse half
0: man yeah
1: so he was like sort of an atrocity uh so if you think about that too that these wounds that we're looking at you know they are on some level you know connected to mommy and daddy <laughs> you know to some degree and you know how did we experience rejection you know particularly you know there's a, a level of that I think that's interesting to pay attention to. But also, sort of the other component, too, that I think is interesting is, you know, and for me in thinking about Chiron further, because there is then the later in life piece to the mythology, which you already covered, uh, you know, the, the wound and that he was constantly trying to heal and helping others. And then he ultimately sort of made like a sacrifice in a way, because he traded himself for prometheus to zeus um you know he he sort of you know he was immortal but he gave up his immortality you know on one hand to sort of release himself of the eternal sort of pain and suffering that he was going through but also to you know release prometheus so to me there's something in that that you know in thinking about it yes there is sacrifice there but also, because he then sort of ascended to the sk- to the sky and became a constellation, which on some level then still allowed him to be immortal. But what an amazing impact that he made, you know, not only on all the lives of people who he helped to heal but really ultimately for Prometheus as well. So to me- And Prometheus
0: is who brought us fire. Yes. So so Chiron's sacrifice was for mankind in a way. Exactly. So if you think about that too, your Chiron placement,
1: yes, is the wounded healer component. There's the relationship to rejection, mommy, daddy, our childhood. But also if we can move through all of that, face it, embody it, integrate it, then it's the place where we have the opportunity to make the most impact mm. on others and for ourselves.
0: beautiful. And I think if you look at where Chiron is in your chart through, you know, what we're talking about here today, it might give you some insight into Yeah, where am I still healing? Yeah. So I actually
1: thought, you know, to kick that off, let's talk about our own Chiron placements. Okay, girl. So where's yours? My uh, Chiron is in- (laughs) You
0: first. Okay. (laughs) Uh, My Chiron is in Gemini Oh. in the second house. So how do you relate to that? Well, to be honest, I'm still figuring out what my Chiron placement is all about. Well, it's in Gemini. Yeah. So it's about communication. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I definitely know that like growing up, nothing made me angrier than somebody like trying to shush me. You know, like I don't like being s- censored in any way, shape, or form.
1: I may have done it once, guys. It was not
0: pretty. But really, it's in the second house, which is the house of value.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you could kind of distill it down to like, I'm not valued for what I have to say.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Like that being the wound, mm-hmm. you know, the, the wounded belief yeah, that for you sure. have to heal. Uh, and in a way then, if you look at, yeah, that Gemini in the second house, that, and if we look at, you know, I'm not that we have to psychoanalyze you here or revisit your childhood. No,
0: please, it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds like a really good time for this rainy Saturday. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm sure everyone here would love it.
0: Well, and I think that, you know, Gemini is communication, which is not just talking. It's also listening to. Yeah, for sure. So I think I am, I heal not just through talking, but also through deep listening. Yeah. Which is presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people come over to me for healing work. And the first thing I do is I just, you know, I sit them in the chair where Angel's sitting right now. I sit on the floor. So they're, you know, a little above. And I say, what do you need to tell me right now? Like, what mm-hmm. are you moving through? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's amazing, I think, just to hold space for someone to begin to talk about what's going on and feel listened to. Yeah. And people are like, I don't even know why I'm crying. And I'm like, I don't know why either, except for the fact that it's quite rare in this world to be deeply listened to and attended to. Oftentimes we're just listening because like we're waiting for our chance to speak. Right. But in those situations, it's like I'm just listening so that I can feel into you and like where things need to shift.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
0: Where's your chiron, boo-boo? My Chiron is... Let's talk about your shit now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With pleasure. Okay. Uh, My Chiron is in the 12th house. Oh, fuck. (laughs) In Taurus.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, Chiron and I were were born the same year. We're the same age. Uh, I was actually born in March, and Chiron was discovered in October. So I'm actually a zero-degree Taurus Chiron. In the 12th house.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Learning how spirit will take care of your needs.
1: Oh, do tell.
0: Well, Taurus, you know, it's about feeling stable, and the 12th house is the house of spirit. Mm-hmm. So I would say your greatest wound and your greatest power for healing is around like early, you didn't feel as though spirit had your back and was taking care of you in physical reality. You feel very wounded, abandoned, not cared for. Mm-hmm. But really, if you can surrender and trust and up your faith, you'll see how the 12th house can actually take care of you here in physical reality.
1: No, completely. I mean, it's why I, you know, vocally left the church. I was raised Catholic. <laughs> and at, She left the church, everybody. I mean, yeah, at 13, she stormed
0: out. She threw a boa over her shoulder. She left.
1: Basically. <laughs> I was 13 in like my Catholicism class and... I. They were talking about uh, homosexuality being a sin. And this one young girl got up, short haircut, but I'm not, you know. Assuming anything. <laughs> assuming anything. But I saw from where I was sitting, I could see because a priest followed her out. And I watched the two of them engaged in this conversation. And it looked heated. And the girl ended up walking away and leaving and he came back in and i i read that as oh she was kicked out and maybe she's gay or maybe she has you know i was just like unclear but i already knew at that point that i was a homosexual so i felt like okay well i don't belong here either they then also showed us a video of an abortion, what? which, yeah, was incredibly disturbing. So I, that was the final straw for me. I walked out of there. I got up. I walked out as the video was ending. And they followed me out and I said, I need to call my mother. So they took and so they were actually offered to take me to the office. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to the payphone. And I went to the payphone and I called my mom and I said, you need to come get me right now. I am no longer coming to this church. And she was like, why? And I told her what happened. And she said, all right, I'm on my way. And in the car, she was like, you never have to go to church again if you don't want to. That's
0: so amazing.
1: Yeah. And then I sort of like moved on to a path of atheism and was sort of headed in that direction until I sort of discovered like mysticism. Mm. And that's when I then opened myself up and started studying all other religions, Buddhism, Taoism, like everything. I kind of just started to ingest it all. And that was ultimately when I you know, became sort of a reader, uh, you know, in my early 20s. So s- everything you just said does really relate to that, that there was such a like lack of trust, hmm. you know, in something greater that, yeah. had its- that had my back.
0: Well, and I even look at how, I mean, you're an incredible astrologer, but you're still kind of a skeptic.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. You
0: still don't entirely trust it.
1: No, and that's, I think, where I'm at right now. Well, and look, we could dive deeper, but I have Uranus transiting over my Chiron right now oh. and moving toward my Uranus opposition, which is a whole other thing. But it's funny because there is a sort of a, one of the best known Chiron books is written by this woman,
0: Barbara Handcloud. <laughs> she is, I, don't I, you I know, it. she is a wild woman. She's a I'm reading a book that she channeled from different alien beings who lived in the Pleiades.
1: Yes, bitch.
0: Yeah. It's called The Pleiadian Agenda, which is not unlike The Gay Agenda. (laughs) Perhaps she has
1: a summer home there. Yes, in the Pleiades. It's her fire fire island. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I
0: spend the summers in the Pleiades. The Pleiades are a constellation, the the seven sisters of the Pleiades.
1: Mm -hmm, Those
0: those queens. Anyway, yeah, there's this book.
1: Yeah, so there's this book, and I really was sort of rereading it uh, leading up to this. And, you know, something she does talk about that's just for me personally is that because, you know— Sat, you know like you had said, you know Chiron sort of you know moves between Saturn and Uranus that ultimately Chiron is like a bridge you know as she refers to it the rainbow bridge you know that connects the inner planets and the outer planets you know So you know Chiron is our sort of entry point into the lessons of Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. So, if you, which are sort of those more like soul level planets, um, and if you even think about, you know, the you know Saturn being sort of you know the teacher, you know, the taskmaster, fears, limitations, grow, you know, where we need to like grow up, coupled with Uranus, which is authenticity, eccentricity, electricity, you know, that that Chiron is there to be like, you know, well let's wed the two, you know, how are you going to grow up into your authenticity so that you can fully heal the wounds of the past, you know, and express as your true self. So it has very like personal relevance for me just because Uranus and Chiron, you know, they are siblings in a way, you know, that, uh, that there is just that like strong connection going on. Um, so I do feel like compelled to step even you know harder into like my astrologer space, you know,
0: my healer space. Totally. And you know what else I was thinking is while you were talking instead of listening, I was just thinking. Girl, that ain't in line with your Chiron and Gemini um, lessons. But <laughs> she put me on blast everybody. Um you know, sometimes moving towards Uranus sometimes moving towards Saturn and isn't healing that sometimes we're moving back into the past. To kind of reclaim ourselves so that then we can move towards the future. You know, healing happens in both directions. And I always say we have to heal backwards in order to move forwards. Yeah. You have to notice, okay, if this is my pattern, if this is my issue, I got to go back and notice, well, when did this first get implanted into me? Mommy and daddy. Got to go back. But sometimes even before mommy and daddy, sometimes it's ancestral. Well,
1: that's the interesting thing too about the 12th house because there are, you know, there are astrologers who say that, you know, that, that, you know chiron in the 12th house there's like wounds in the pre-birth space mm. you know that like a chiron in the 12th placement means that like birth or the moments you know or the time leading up to birth the conception was incredibly challenging which certainly rings true for me yeah um so i think there's something interesting in that yeah like where does it all begin but yeah, but I think it'd be helpful just to give maybe like a quick sort of like... You once know, around the Zodiac? Once around, maybe not even through, you know, I think we could choose house or choose... Sign? sign. I kind of like the house. All right, let's do houses. So, you know, let's do it. If you got Chiron in the first...
0: Wounds around identity. Yeah. Wounds around like I am... Mm-hmm, yeah, like personality. But remember, we're saying wounds, but what we also mean too is like, this is the medicine you can bring to the people. Once you've healed it in yourself, you are now gonna be an authority on it and you can share it out in the world.
1: Yeah, it's a real challenge, but ultimately a gift. Yeah. If you can identify it. So yeah, if you have a Chiron in the first house placement, you know, yeah, how are you, how are you wounded in, you know, seeing yourself? You know, in just your personality. Am I not good enough to, you know, be standing here?
0: You mm. know? I think, simply put, we could say first house is wounds around not being seen. Second house, wounds around not being valued. And third house, wounds around not being heard.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I would think second house, Taurus, speaking from my Taurus self. There's some sort of like, I'm not, I'm, I'm worthless, mm-hmm. you know, like that's sort of that like embedded wound that you carry around with you. Yeah. That ultimately when you can heal, you can then step out into the world from a place of I'm valuable here. Right. You know, when you can see yourself as valuable, then you're on the path to healing.
0: And that makes me think that perhaps that wounding is around like, oh, I was only valuable when I had this job, or I was only valuable like when I was performing this function, and now that that's gone, I have no value anymore.
1: Yeah, so how are you valuable just standing alone in a field?
0: Oh, in a gorgeous field of flowers. Yeah, in
1: a beautiful sundress and a big hat.
0: And then, so third house, not being heard or wounds around communication of any kind, feeling always misunderstood Mm. or like Mm -hmm. nobody really understands you. Yeah. That feels very Chiron and Gemini.
1: Yeah. Probably like. Or in the third house. Yeah. It's very quiet or shy.
0: Yeah. You know, remember the houses and the signs correlate.
1: Yeah. So we can just be sort of saying. So first time is, (laughs) you know, so
0: first house, Aries, second house, Taurus. So, you know, unless you're, you know, an Aries or Pisces rising where everything kind of lines up, you're probably going to have two, you know, it's, it's Gemini in the second house for me or for Angel, it's Taurus in the 12th house. So it's a combination of both that are giving you your unique wounding, healing and point for impact.
1: Yeah. So to keep moving through cancer and the fourth house, I feel like it's, you know, wounds around feeling secure. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so much about security, foundation,
0: family home,
1: yeah, family home. So I would imagine that probably, you know, early on in childhood, you don't feel like a sense of family, like you belong, Mm. you know, where do I belong being a question and probably a struggle to always try and like establish a home, you know, like, you know, like I am only as good as the family I have, you know, to some degree, um, But ultimately, knowing that the greatest impact you can have on this in this lifetime is to like heal those wounds and help others. Like it's almost like you then like become like an amazing social worker, (laughs) you know? Yes. (laughs) Uh, And then Fifth House or Leo. I mean, I think there are just like lessons there around ego, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, because Leo is that sort of like, you know, I, I'm the most important person in the room, you know, pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. So wounds around like, you know, being cared for probably.
0: And I would say creativity, a lot of wounding around creativity. Um, That
1: your gifts are meaningful.
0: Yeah. And looking at how your creativity may have been rejected. Or mm-hmm. hindered when you were young, and we need it.
1: Yeah. So, how do you move through that and start to offer your creativity as gifts to the world and to yourself? All right. Sixth house and Virgo. Some say that uh, Chiron is the ruler of Virgo, um, but you know, very much about wounds around sort of health, you know, and structure. I would imagine. You know, like structuring your day to day Mm -hmm. because it is about routine.
0: Yeah. I think maybe Chiron in the sixth house could feel like there was never a schedule growing Mm -hmm. up, like things Mm -hmm. were very erratic. Yeah. And so you don't feel safe in that sort of environment and trying to figure out, okay, how can I heal that no matter what the schedule is or the routine, like I'm here. Yeah. Wherever you go, there you are, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Libra, seventh house,
0: girls, about relationships. Yeah, don't let
1: yourself fall into relationships with anyone just because you feel the need to heal yourself through them.
0: Yes, totally. Yeah. Chiron and Libra also, I think, is the martyr.
1: Mm. There's an element of that for sure. Making
0: sure that you're not, you know. Chiron sacrificed himself for the good of mankind, but he lived his life. (laughs) He had a long one.
1: Did not sacrifice himself for some
0: douche. Yeah, totally. Who walked all over him. So make sure that you're not playing the martyr game just to make some darker piece of yourself Mm -hmm. feel good. Don't do it. Scorpio,
1: wounds around sex. Mm Mm-hmm death yeah (laughs) all those great things
0: yeah i don't think it's as clean cut as like chiron and scorpio sexual abuse but i certainly think there's something in that that's worth looking at um and and perhaps this is a moment for you to think about just your sexuality and the way you express yourself sexually if you do have chiron and scorpio or ethos placement and just think oh is there wounding there Yeah. Is this a pure expression of my love and passion or is there something more twisted that needs to be unraveled?
1: Mm, Interesting. Yeah. And then you got Sag in the ninth
0: house. So this to me feels like wounds around feeling stupid. I was going
1: to say the same thing.
0: Wounds around like not being smart enough. Yeah. Um, And also I feel like Chiron ninth house or Sagittarius is like never getting called on in class or like Mm -hmm. when you do get called on, it's when you don't know the answer.
1: Yeah, of course. So feeling like pointed at. Yes, exactly. But ultimately being, you know, needing to heal that and recognize where you're a teacher, you know, and it might not be the thing that you felt it was supposed to be, or you were told as a child, it should be, but recognizing where you are an
0: authority and how to
1: express that out.
0: Yeah, because y'all, everyone everyone's stupid somewhere and everyone's smart somewhere. Yeah, girl. It's duality. I don't know what the stock market is. And you do know what the stock market is, you just don't know how to play I it. I don't understand it. What's a Dow?
1: <laughs> uh 10th <tenth> house, Capricorn. <laughs> power, eh? Yeah, power,
0: status, uh, daddy issues. Oh. <sighs> um, you know. Great Demi Lovato song. Daddy issues? Yes. Yeah, this is a good Demi Lovato song. <laughs>
1: But no, completely, I agree with you. Healing through
0: that. Yeah, I think Chiron in in the 10th house or in Capricorn is making sure that you're not viewing yourself through the lens of society, but through your own eyes.
1: Yeah, one that you ultimately like heal any sort of mentality around like, I can't be a boss, bitch.
0: Yeah, also authority. So like maybe wounded by authority, growing up can't trust authority and learning how to be an authority.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Aquarius 11th house...
0: My first hit is, like, not feeling like you belong to humanity.
1: Well, not feeling, you know, I think that starts on even just the smaller group level, you know? Like always feeling
0: like an outsider.
1: Yeah, never feeling like you fit in. Right. You know, so learning to sort of recognize your tribe And learning how to fit in that you might not fit into the group that growing up felt like the cool group, Mm. you know, but then you find the fucking the band geeks and you're like, these are my people.
0: You know, my mom has Chiron and Aquarius. Yeah. And it is her ruling planet because it's it's the planet that's up at the top of her chart. Mm, mm-hmm. And her Chiron is at 26 degrees Aquarius, which is where my son is. Oh. So her Chiron and my son, when we put the charts on top of each other, mm-hmm. they live right in that same place, mm. which to me, you know, my mom is an amazing healer and a Reiki master and has been healing herself through this cancer journey and our partnership she teaches me how to be a healer i mirror back to her how she's taught me to be a healer which reminds her how to be a healer and it's a very interesting placement but i think my mom would agree and say that a lot of her life she has felt like an outsider like she didn't fit into her own family to the world around her because she is this unique individual and she was very ahead of her time
1: yeah but your mom has sort of like i think now identified like a sort of little tribe of people who sort of really fit in who she with who she is and that is when she's probably her most free
0: yeah so very interesting
1: yeah and then of course 12th house pisces already sort of talked about the 12th house quite a bit wounds
0: around what you can't see wounds around spirit wounds around the unknown yeah but we're healing them everybody (laughs) and to me yeah and to me i wonder like angel would you resonate like were you very psychic as a child like were you scared by your own abilities growing up a bit yeah i think so and i I think that might be a really commonality I think that might be really common for people with Chiron in the 12th house or Chiron in Pisces is being so afraid of your gifts because early on there was nobody to help you work with them and, and they were quite profound. So you kind of shut it away.
1: I also just wanted to like be alone in my room a lot.
0: Listening to Madonna, touching yourself.
1: (laughs) Not at the same time. Oh, okay. (laughs) But uh, yeah, definitely was like very much a loner, you know? And I've had to, like, push myself out of that.
0: So I have a question for you about Chiron. All right, bring it. Can you talk a little bit about what a Chiron return would feel like? A return meaning that it, it returns to the place where it originally was in your chart.
1: Yeah, which happens, like, right around the 50th birthday. birthday. Yeah. Yeah, well, what I think is interesting is Which that, is also
0: when people have, like, a midlife crisis. Well,
1: <laughs> speaking from experience, it starts a little <laughs> earlier than that. Uh I mean, honestly, and if you read Barbara Hanclough's book about uh, Chiron, she does actually sort of talk about, because it's Saturn and Uranus connected to it all, that the Saturn return is really the first moment of like the Chiron experience, you know, that you are sort of on some level, like initiated into the Chiron process Mm. at that point, because you're facing some sort of fear around personal growth you know, in that space. And then she says that the next one happens at the Uranus opposition, which happens sort of in between 40 and 44, which I'm smacked. I'm actually not there yet. Um, It'll happen closer to when I'm 44. But um, that basically that at that point, you are sort of then like, tested around your authenticity, your truth, you know, like, how are you going to come up against all of these interesting things that are showing up in our life and be able to fully express yourself um from a place of power so then if you think about the Chiron you know the Chiron return then happening at 50 then it's really about how have all of these you know experiences of transformation and evolution set you up for this like potential leveling up you Mm -hmm. know that like now i am going to step in from like in a way if you take the wounded healer as the term how am i going to move from the wounded to the healer Mm. you know and fully
0: embody that it's a new opportunity to look in the face the things that would have unraveled you completely yeah and utilize
1: them as gifts You know, like put them out into the world is like, you know, it is sort of that it's having a traumatic childhood writing, you know, but then the Chiron Return is writing the book and putting it out as a gift to the world so that others who are experiencing that same trauma can grow and, and move forward using your story. You know, so again, that's just an example. But I think that that's sort of, you know, metaphorically speaking, like the Chiron Return. Amazing. Gorgeous. All right. Well, we should wrap this up. (laughs) uh but uh you know always open for questions further and we'll always talk more about chiron as we move forward yes it's
0: a very interesting comet yes asteroid (laughs) dwarf planet
1: all right well now it's time for our tarot card
0: all right so this is a card that i'm going to pull for everybody for the collective and this will resonate until we meet again and just know that this message will resonate for you no matter the future place or time in which you listen to this podcast. So, even if you're an alien from the Pleiades listening in 3122, this message will resonate for you too. We got you covered, girl. we got you covered, Barbara Hanclau. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm pulling it from the bottom. <gasps> So the card I just pulled was Temperance. Oh. And Temperance is the magic of combining properly. It's mixing water and fire. Um, It's mixing the past and the future. Temperance is also about blending the inner self and the outer self so that we can kind of transcend physical reality. It is a major Arcana card, and it's about the magic of your unique combination, And we can think about, you know, the combination of your wound plus your ability to heal it is the temperance to give to everybody else. You know, temperance really means like balance or moderation. And so I would say as the message for these next couple of weeks, just notice where you can be combining your unique skills, your unique points of view in a way that only you could do that brings about this magic, this transformation, this medicine. And I'll leave you with this, which is that temperance comes after the death card. So we can think about it like this. Once we have fully surrendered, once we have killed off, you know, the ego, the false self, that's when we're really able to encounter the true nature of who we are. And temperance is bringing that forwards. And so cool on some level, if you
1: think about like the shift from Pisces to Aries, and we are in that Pisces, which is sort of like a time where you can kind of like release some of the ego. Totally. You know, to then like move into the next beginning of self. So cool timing. Love that. All right, gazers. Well, as always, thank you so much for being here and listening
0: to us. And can we make a Pisces season plea? Will you please leave us a review or rate us five stars? it is
1: if you haven't already if you haven't
0: already it is something that would really help us out so much with this podcast and so if this is a value to you in any way if you would just take 30 seconds and do that for us we would be thrilled yeah
1: and if you have a few minutes feel free to you know tweet about us post us share us out into your social media spheres or you know go old school and just tell a friend over a nice meal Um, but we really appreciate you all spreading the word it's so nice seeing new gazers pop up uh, every week Um, as always of course special thank you to our neighbor carl for all of his amazing technological whiz work thank you
0: yes carl you make it all happen thank you to justin simeon for the gorgeous interstitial music yes yes
1: yes and of course you can always find us at the spiritual gaze on Instagram or spiritual gaze on Twitter, or you can email us at the spiritual gaze at gmail.com
0: until next time. This has been your orbit in the, the spiritual, spiritual gaze. gaze.